It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Destiny. Now here's your host, Cliff Dunning. Hey, welcome to Destiny. I hope you're doing well today. As we conclude the year, we are introducing a couple of new topics, and today is all about past lives. And we have had a number of uh, authors and experiencers on the program who have passed on, who have died for up to 30 minutes to tell us and, and came back to tell us about heaven, uh, what it is to reincarnate after you've died, you spend time in a place called heaven and assess your life, and then you prepare for the next life. And today we're going to talk about past lives. Now, we've talked to people like uh, Daniel Brinkley, who wrote Saved by the Light, his experience in the afterlife and the uh, different levels of um, existence that we have either in body or out of body as we're transitioning between lifetimes. And so we hear, we hear from him. And if you remember, uh, a few months ago, we had Dr. Matthew McKay, who wrote the book, The Luminous Landscape of Afterlife, which talked about his son, Josh, who died tragically, and how he reached out to connect with Josh and was able to do this and understand uh, exactly what Josh was experiencing, that, that this afterlife was a transition period, that you assess what, he, what had happened, uh, and then prepare for the next life. Well, this is reincarnation. So today, we're going to be focusing specifically on how to work with these past lives. And... You know, it's something that's not too far-fetched if you 
follow the Hindu systems, uh, most notably the yugas, which go back hundreds of thousands of years, and they're a cyclic chain of birth and rebirth of nations. Well, right along with those nations, those countries that are developing, you have a population who is incarnating and being active physical beings. And this is important to to understand. This really brings to light what the yugas are all about. And we had last week Michael Cremo talking about the importance of the yugas and how it makes it uh, makes a, a lifetime more understandable and perhaps helps us correct issues around that lifetime before we do part. So we are as fulfilled as possible. We are as productive as possible in the lifetime. So today, my guest has written a book called Blast from the Past, <laughs> in which she she chronicles not only her own journey, but the work she's done for over 20 years uh, as a therapist. And uh, we'll hear from her on a number of case studies that relate to travel, where you go to another country, and all of a sudden it's like you're coming home again, or you're working with what she calls artifacts, which is you're very attracted to a, a gemstone or a, a, a ring or an artifact from an antique store or something. someone brings something into your life and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this, this feels so right, <laughs> feels so familiar. So, and you know, the big thing, and I don't talk about enough about this, is when we incarnate, and this is based on Hindu philosophy, the sacred cosmological sciences is that when we incarnate physically, a lot of the people in our lives, our children, our spouses, our friends, and relatives are people who we've been with in other lifetimes. Now, that can be a little startling, but it makes sense because some people we are deeply uh, attracted to, others we wonder why we have such a, a short temper, and so forth and so on. And so as we understand these lifetimes, and we're going to hear uh, about some techniques today to get in touch with these lifetimes that are influencing us, it smooths the way to a more satisfactory lifetime. Now, I say that lightly, and it's uh, something that I don't practice enough of on my own, you know, identifying uh, qualities uh, that are helpful, identifying qualities in my incarnation that are helping me or, or holding me back. And this is why understanding your past lives are so important. You could have issues uh, around uh, addictions or anger or illness. Many, many things could be reaching out from the past to influence you. And our guest today will tell us how we can find these issues. We can find these behaviors and seek out uh, where they're uh, originating from, uh, the different lifetimes, and identify them and then eradicate them. And so we're free of these weird angers. We're free of the paranoia of the of issues that are problematic, that cause us pain, heartache, and disappointment. Those are just things we, we can avoid if we understand what the past 
comes from. Now, this is going to not be people who are like, well, I was Queen uh, Nefertiti, I was a king, so forth and so on. This is these are f- fundamental lifetimes, and you know I have to I have to go back to programs we've had on Edgar Casey, and one of the reasons that he's so fascinating is over a third of his thousands of of uh, readings were of people who lived in Atlantis, and he uses those terms specifically. And what's fascinating is that uh, in his readings he, uh, with people in our time period, he would go back and see why that lifetime was so influential. But more important, if the person had a health issue, was dealing with psychological issues uh, and other uh, emotional problems, many times he would recommend diet changes, therapy that would resolve the problems. And he was considered the first holistic health practitioner because all of his remedies were suggested that he suggested were natural. They were uh, minerals, vitamins, fruits, vegetables, certain foods that would trigger a healing in a, a reading that he would give. And again, he gave thousands and thousands of readings from this time period known as Atlantis. And you know, it's funny occasionally I remember it was like, uh, I think they're like, we're talking prior to 12,000 years. So before the big, the big destruction that uh, Randall Carlson, uh, Graham Hancock, and many others are uh, talking about now. So it kind of ties it together. Now, we don't have sacred sciences today. We don't have a system or a practice that is valid to the current scientific community because they don't deal with subtle energy. They poo-poo the the, um, chakra systems that are very important in our uh, energetics of uh, being a human being. And because that, it's not recognized. But uh, more and more people like my guest today are opening the eyes of a larger population to, to find solutions to chronic uh, uh, mental and physical health problems that are plaguing them and that orthodox medicine cannot address. Uh, And, you know, it's it's just in desperation that they find uh, practitioners who help with uh, regressing them back to a lifetime that is very influential and uh, can help resolve those uh, problems. So fascinating topic. Uh, one that I find uh, a, a good fit when we're talking about tools for transformation. And this is what the bottom line is uh, here on Destiny, is giving you tools for you to, as, as uh, uh, elegantly as possible, to resolve your problems and enhance your time here on planet Earth. So away we go with today's program on Past Lives. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective 
and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. holiday season and when it's holiday we are talking cannabis strains for relaxation anti-anxiety things like that and here we are on conversations on cannabis to tell you exactly what strains can work with these issues so hey pepper how are you hi cliff i'm very well thank you fantastic are you in the holiday spirit (laughs) <laughs> I am. We are here. Me and Riley in our little van traveling the world. We are. Excellent. Yeah, I've, I've taken some time, but last week I finally switched in and I've been starting to listen to some uh, holiday. Do you listen to holiday uh, music? Does that help or just? You know, when I hear it, it makes me smile, but th- <laughs> I don't think that's what, I don't know. I, I think just the vibe and being around family and the change in the weather and Everyone else's energy about holidays um, is contagious. Excellent. Yeah. I I listen to uh, some music that usually gets me in the spirit. Okay. So we're thinking about the activities happening during the holidays. It's just family gathering, friends gathering. This can really build up stress if you have a history with certain people that are uh, challenging we won't get into specifics. I think those of you listening know what I'm talking about. Those people who just don't, you don't get along with whatever. And what do you do about uh, anxious, being anxious, being uh, uncomfortable, uh, perhaps shutting down socially, not meaning that you're not showing up to the party, but maybe not being as uh, active and gregarious as you would normally be, be because you're with somebody who or around somebody who's causing you a problem. So let's talk about, microdosing some strains that maybe are 
uh, helpful for anxiety? What do you suggest? Yeah, well, first off, there are a lot of herbs that you can take besides cannabis that are really helpful for anxiety without being drowsy. So we can chat about those for those people in the States that maybe it's, you know, illegal or they don't have access to the strains that we'll be talking about today. But then I have a handful of good strains to also share with you. Well, let's start with the vitamins, supplements, and herbs that can help us uh, avoid anxiety because anxiety is nothing you want to have. It's not enjoyable during the holidays. No, and everyone has a touch of anxiety and throughout their lifetime. Sometimes mm. it's a little more stressful than others. It just depends on what they're going through and how their body system is handling it. Mm. So you really want to focus on building your nervous system, whether that be through yoga or through breath work or taking a supplement like magnesium. All those mm. things are going to help your nervous system specifically. And there are some really great calming herbs that people can have or try without being drowsy. Now, before I share any of this, you do want to speak to your local naturopath or your primary care physician if you happen to be on medications because Mm. you want to make sure that there's no contraindication with these different herbs. There typically is not, but I need to say that. So, um, Lavender, of course, a lavender essential oil topically is going to be wonderful. And we have to remember linalool is in lavender. So any of those cannabis cultivars that have linalool are going to help with the same issues, that anxiety or that uncomfortability. Uh, Another herb is lemon balm. Lemon balm can be made in a tea and it has a wonderful um, terpene in it, the limonene, which is the same thing as we're going to find in the cannabis cultivar as well, mm. um, ashwagandha, and passion flower. So you can find those in tea forms. You can find those in capsule forms. But again, cross-reference them with your synthetics if you happen to be taking medications, just to make sure. That's great. So the um, uh, essential oil... For what was the first one um, that you mentioned? Lavender. Lavender. So you would put that on your skin and kind of get the uh, breathe it in occasionally to kind of relieve anxiety. Is that what you're suggesting? Oh yeah, you can do it in many ways. You could do a lavender tea if you wanted with the actual flower. Mm-hmm. What I like to do is use the essential oil and just put right on to you know my cufflinks or around uh, my chest so I can breathe it in. I also use it in a spray. I mix it with water and a little bit of rubbing alcohol to spray as a room freshener or on my pillows before I go to bed. I just really try to do a lot of self-care with lavender before events to relax myself, not just trying to relax myself after the event, but it's kind of like a pregame. So it's going to dial down the anxiety. Is that what you're suggesting? Well, it's going to calm your nervous system. And anxiety comes from that particular body system. Okay. Obviously, uh, certain foods, talk about some foods uh, that would be a problem when you're about to enter uh, a group or um, a party where there's going to be maybe people you know and and don't know. What, What would you suggest about food? Well, with food, if you do suffer from anxiety, staying away from anything um, that is going to react or, or cause more anxiety would be things like 
it's going to be hard for the holiday season, but sugars or coffee. Oh my God. I can't have my candy. You you can if you don't have anxiety. <laughs> but okay. you know, I can't have I my mean, Hershey's with uh, almonds for Christmas. You're right because you can gonna... ha- you can absolutely have those. But if they activate your nervous system in a displaced way where you're super yeah. uncomfortable, those are things that you need to avoid. Now that's why right. I said it's going to be hard during the holiday season. But there are cannabis cultivars that can help you kind of work your way through that particular couple hours. Great segue, Dr. Pepper, right into the um, cultivars. Okay, so obviously, uh, I mean, it's hard not to have not to uh, uh, have a drink at a party because that's what they're pouring: champagne, wine. We just talked about wine the last program and uh, all the spirits mixed drinks are huge during the Christmas time. So, but there's, there's uh problems uh, associated with drinking alcohol, uh, lethargy, uh, you know, foggy thinking and so forth and so on. Uh, so what would you suggest as a really good uh, primer cultivar uh, to, to have in a microdose before an event? Well, you always want to try these things before you go into the event, right? So try it a week ahead of time or something like that, because it may mm-hmm. not work for you. Just because I say it works for one particular uh, grouping of people, everybody's different. So to have like a really clear headed, you know, relaxing anxiety kind of um buffer, if you will, you want to try THC cultivars that also have a pretty equal uh, CBD ratio. Oh, okay? good point. Yeah. Yeah. You want a 50-50. So a couple of my favorites are catatonic. I really love catatonic. It's really gentle. It's really mellow. Um, it has been used in studies for PTSD, bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety. So that's a really good one. It's a heavy hitter in a lot of realms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Harlequin. That's a really good one. If you're doing flower or tincture, um, a couple of the other ones are ACDC, which ACDC sounds like it would be really, uh, if you know the band or, or if you yeah. the band, it sounds really uncomfortable, but it's actually one of the best ones for anxiety and relaxation. Mm-hmm. So those are a handful of ones. There's some really, um, serious ones out there. If you are a cannabis connoisseur, these aren't the ones I would suggest for, uh, microdosing the first time, but those other ones that I listed were, but these are for the heavy hitters out there that have smoked before and you know your cannabis, OG Kush, Trainwreck, Blue Dream, Northern Lights. Those are ones that you're kind of probably gravitate towards. And if not those strains specifically, you'll probably be picking out strains or cultivars that have those terpenes and those cannabinoids in them for sure. Yeah. What are some of the, uh, prominent uh, cannabinoids or excuse me, uh, terpenes in the selection that you just gave? Is there one that's dominant? 
Yeah. So for anxiety, like I had mentioned earlier with the lavender, linalool is typically the one that is related to anxiety and relaxation. So that caryophylline, myrcene, that combination between those three, that's really going to get you more of a relaxed, kind of chilled um, day or stress-free day. Those are the ones that you're going to be looking for. Okay, excellent. Hey, you know, one of the questions I was going to ask you is um, when you have a few drinks, say you're having uh, wine, red wine with your your dinner, and that's that's a common uh, access point. Uh, You have a couple of glasses and you have a hit off one of the strains like Trainwreck or whatever you, you suggested Obviously, the wine is going to numb the effect, but uh, would you suggest that they just need to take a little more of the cannabis? Well, this is kind of a uh, not unclear area. I'm just curious about your suggestions on that. It sounds like a really personal question. Is this mm-hmm. happened to you, Cliff? <laughs> uh, I tend to be okay with it. Um, so rephrase that question for me then. Tell me, ask me again. So you you had some wine and, okay. but it's not, you know, you don't feeling what you want to feel and you have a, uh, a, a toke or a hit off a, 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 a cannabis strain and, you know, you want to, you want to be more relaxed. You're still feeling anxious uh, around people. Well, it sounds like if you, I mean, I, I hate to answer this question because it sounds so specific, but it sounds like maybe just try a little bit more of one of those two things. Oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's it's becoming so vogue for me just to talk about uh, cannabis, but I love, I mean, you mentioned I'm here in Northern California, the land of the wine, the wine connoisseur, and uh, we have great wine a lot, but um, yeah. Uh, it's nice to have a little cannabis along with it. So it does mix really well for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, now, not all things mix well. You know, like you never really want to do alcohol and liquor together. What is that? Alcohol, liquor makes you sicker or something. You oh, don't yeah. really want to do that, right? But that combination of like a really good wine um, that doesn't have any sulfates in it, because sulfates are what makes you sick the next day from wine, and a really good organic, lovely flower. I mean, you can pair those together, and that just sounds wonderful to me. Oh, that's I don't so drink. cool. Yeah. It does sound wonderful to oh, be a no, connoisseur pairing. of both. Yeah, you mentioned something very, very good. Uh, pairing, uh, <laughs> like uh, chocolate and wine. You know, here we go, wine and, and beautiful cannabis flower. That's a really, that's a really good suggestion. So we might have to do a show on that in the future. I would um, love that show. That's what I do every night. Is a a beautiful, beautiful flower and amazing chocolate. Yeah, that's my <laughs> night. <laughs> you just gave it away. No, yeah. nothing to give away. It's just, well, maybe a good secret there, but. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Excellent. Um, okay, so um, we mentioned a few of these cultivars. And uh, are there any that we would consider uh, for somebody who is dealing with uh, not heavy depression, but just really feeling sad, not necessarily anxious, but feeling sad, 
and wanting to withdraw? Is there something we can give them to give a little kick to maybe feel? Honestly, that um, if it's for a deeper depression, I think there's more there uh, that needs to be tuned in with. So, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking to a professional with around depression. That's honestly, and I always think if you don't want to go to an event and you're not feeling it, uh, maybe there's something that you are avoiding for a reason. And so that's okay not to go to that event. Um, but if it's a long going, every event, depressional thing that you're dealing with or suffering from, please speak to a professional. Okay. That's a good point. Uh, all right. So here we go. Uh, what we're trying to do is introduce you, our audience, uh, to these strains. Unfortunately, if you live in a, a, a non-legal st- state, these are you're going to have to just listen and hope for the best that your state becomes legal soon. And a future program, just to let you know, we're going to do specials on cannabis tourism, where you go to a legal state and you can enjoy one or two choices in the comfort of your hotel room. And uh, we'll bring that up in the new year and give you some advice and maybe some suggestions as to where you might want to go to to uh, try out a program. So any last thoughts on relaxing strains uh, for anti-anxiety uh, situations? Yeah, I think honestly, it is a very holistic approach that we need to be looking at. So it's mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional cannabis herbs they can help but again it is a holistic approach Mm -hmm. very good all right hey for more information check out drpepperhernandez.com you can read articles see videos get the latest data on all things cannabis including courses uh, to get more uh, involved in the cannabis industry so again drpepperhernandez.com hey happy holidays pepper You too, Cliff. Thank you so much. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
So I'm really excited today to talk about our uh, next topic, which is past lives. Now, we've cut in and out of soul lives. So we've talked to people who have had uh, near-death experiences. We can think of people like Daniel Brinkley. We've had uh, authors speak about reaching out beyond life into the afterlife or heaven, if you want to call it that, and connecting with people who are transitioning between souls and talking about preparing for their next life. And this is what we call reincarnation. Uh, But today, we have a new author who has written a great book called Blast from the Past. And her name is Shelley Kerr. And she has worked with thousands of people around the world to help achieve greater peace and happiness in their lives. Now, she's a world-renowned past-life regressionist. And her method is uh, combining energy work with hypnosis. And uh, she's been endorsed by a number of people, including Brian Weiss, Dr. Weiss, Raymond Moody, and probably a lot of other people. We were just talking before we started and we've bumped into each other. Probably we probably walked by each other at conferences and went, oh yeah, she looks very familiar. Who is that? Anyhow, hey, Shelly, welcome to Destiny. Great to have you on the program. Cliff, thank you so much to have me on the program. It's great to connect with you at last. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I uh, was reading your book and thinking of one of the great, I guess you could call him past life regressionist, uh, Edgar Casey, who actually went into these people's lives and was able to tap in to specific lifetimes. Of course, the great interest for me is that he tapped into people in Atlantis And everyone's like, Atlantis, that's a fable. But he was so accurate on many, many, many many levels of these uh, lifetimes and was able to help them because he saw that this life was influencing their present life and would recommend remedies and healthcare and vitamins. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. And even when he spoke about some of these, quote, far out things like Atlantis, the reason why these are still so valid is because of the things that they were able to prove and all of the great medical information that he gave people who didn't have a chance. And then all of a sudden they were well. And, you know, yeah. so it is very fascinating. You know, it's funny. I, I, uh, I don't think it ever came up in any of the books I read on him, but uh, I think he probably worked with people and helped them with degenerative disease, like probably cancer or, Back in the turn of the century, they didn't have a word for MS, but neurological disorders and things like that. I hel- I think he healed a lot of people or helped helped with wellness, didn't he? He really did. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. Like a lot of these things weren't even named. Nobody knew. We didn't know half of what we know now. And yet he was just bringing this information in yeah. and understanding that it was all vibrational related. And so they just had to shift their vibrations with various tools, and then they could be on the path to wellness, finally. That's where we're heading. We're heading to this vibrational medicine. I I, I always talk, and I hate to be negative about allopathic medicine. I have uh, doctors in my family, and my grandfather was a doctor, and they're just, you know, they. my cousin went in as his natural healer, and he came out with this as a uh, uh, pill pusher. <laughs> And it's really sad because that's where our medicine, you get sick today, you take your life in your hands because you go to a doctor, an MD, and he's like, I know you don't feel well. Here's 45 different pills to take to to get well. What do you think of that, buddy? I'm like, oh, God. So anyhow, hey, I want to talk a little bit about um, 
you open how you open the book with your own regression. And I, I'd like to hear um, what you discovered. And because uh, you, you were going through crises and you sat down and what came up for you in the very beginning? Well, the, yeah, the book is about the fact that we're being um, we're receiving these blasts of influences from our past lives. And so I came up with this concept because of all the weird things that were happening to me while traveling. And yeah. I really think that this was happening to me um, quite a bit. But when it finally came full circle was um, I owned a travel agency some years ago. It was a um, a cruise planner. So we were specializing in cruises and I went on a cruise to Key West, Florida. The minute I got off the ship, what's not to love? The place is gorgeous. But I started feeling very ill. My eyes were watering. I was practically doubled over. I staggered around the village. And then I came to the conclusion that maybe it's December. Maybe there's some algae bloom that's blowing in off the ocean or something. I didn't know what to think. But what was weird is the minute I took my foot off of the land and got back in the ship, I felt a little bit better. And then when the ship pulled away from the land, there was just a certain distance that we got from the shore and it was just like a cord was cut. And I was like, whoa, I mean, I feel so much better. I started to say, wait a minute, there must be something bad there. There's bad energy. You know, I never thought even I, as long as I've been doing past lives, didn't think uh, it's not them, it's me, you know? (laughs) And so I came home and I had literally vowed, I said, you know, there's something there that is not good for me. And I did what a lot of my clients do. I made a vow that I would never return to Key West ever again. And then when I got home, Cliff, my friends called and they said, hey, guess what? We're going on a cruise. You want to go? And I was like, well, yeah, I want to go. And I said, well, where are y'all going? Key West. Oh, and I was like, God. wait a minute. I just vowed I was never going to this place. And so it wasn't until then that I thought, wait a minute, maybe I should put my money where my mouth is and have a past life regression to see if there's something that could be healed here. And I was very surprised to find that I was on a ship in the 1700s. Um, I was a man and I was being obnoxious and they didn't like what I was doing. They threw me overboard and I swam and crawled to the shore of what is now Key West. And I saw myself perishing there on the beach. Oh my God. Oh my God. So we did a healing. It's the same stuff that I've been doing for clients for 20 years. You know, let's put some light on it. Let's cut some cords. Let's understand our learning. And then I thought, wow, you know, now I am so curious. What would happen if I go back to Key West? You know, will I be able to have a good time? And so I got off the ship, did the same thing. And right at that same area where it hit me the first time, I started feeling kind of queasy. And I looked down this alleyway between these two buildings. And I said, oh, my gosh, I think that is about the place where this happened. So I just stood there until I could kind of energetically get into tune with it and breathe. You know, I was doing deep breathing and let's cut some cords. (laughs) And then I started to chillax a little bit. And then I started walking around the village and I had a great time. And so when I got back on the ship, I thought, my gosh, if this has happened to me, Cliff, it has to have happened to other people. And that's when I started my surveying and realized, yes, this is a common problem in the society that nobody is consciously aware of. Okay. Now, one of the things that I find fascinating about your book, and I need you to explain this to our audience, is that 
20 years of regression, 20 years of typical uh, uh, therapy for people that are dealing with past life issues. But you believe now that this regressive therapy is unnecessary. So talk a little bit about if you don't go that way, which way, which way do you go? How do you get into those past lives? It is quite um, a declaration, yes, for me to actually say to you and your listeners and viewers, et cetera, that, yeah, it is not necessary to have a past life regression to remember who we were in a past life. These clues are being offered to us by our higher selves and by just the places that we're going and the people we're interacting with on a daily basis And so it's not necessary for the remembrance of it. The regression then can be used for other things besides the remembrance. Okay, very cool. I want to go back a little bit, Shelly. For those people that are listening and going, past lives, what, what are you talking about, past lives? What is that all about? Give us kind of a real basic framework about not necessarily reincarnation, but we're in our current incarnation, physical beings, talk a little bit about the soul's purpose uh, in lessons and, uh, you know, plans and things like that. And I mean, can we count the many lives that we have? Hard to say, but talk a little bit about what a past life is. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Certainly in the Western world, We are not raised to believe in reincarnation. This is something that was brought to my attention by my parents when I was a kid. And so it just always resonated with me once I heard about it. Mm -hmm. But whether people believe in reincarnation or not, um, I guess it does help if they do. But what the past life therapy would be is that where you go through a guided journey, guided imagery, you don't have to be, well, when I take clients, I'm not putting them into really deep hypnosis. I want them kind of in an alpha state. So it's almost like they're listening to a guided meditation CD. And so we're relaxing. And then we're going to go back, depending on what the issue is. People usually are coming for challenges in their current life. And they maybe, they went to the allopathic medicine. They went to this, they went to that, and nothing else is working And so somebody says, well, maybe it's a past life challenge. So the thought and the philosophy behind it is that many of the things that are going on in our current life, even though we are not consciously aware of them most of the time, could be influences that are coming in from times before. So we go through this guided journey. We take the person back to the origination event to the very first event in a series of events that might've led to this challenge that they're having in their current life. Or if it's in the case of, you know, soul gifts, like you mentioned, or soul purpose, we could find out what our purpose is because a lot of times what people discover in this state of being in this meditative um, guided imagery state is that they've been experiencing these same lessons or these same examples of their purpose and their gifts and talents over many, many lifetimes. So we go back there, the person is able to go into that experience, either having a visual image of who they were in a past life, or maybe they have an inner knowing. I My clients always go with a guide or an angel who can maybe help tell them things. And then we bring healing and light to try to alleviate any heavy energies so that we can move into the now and create a more peaceful reality in the here and now, because that's the only reason why this matters is we're trying to have a good life now. And so that's why we want to go back and do it. 
And I think also there are, I think you hinted a little bit on it. We come to these lifetimes with influences that are uh, part of us, that we could be uh, talented in painting, or we could be a writer, we could be, and these are all influences from, from many, many lives. Just as a, as a primer for people, how many lifetimes do you, I mean, I, I follow the Hindu yugas, which is millions of years in, in the past. And I mean, I, I, I think sometimes, oh, I've lived 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 lifetimes. That's really insane to think about, but that's kind of true, isn't it? I mean, and then we get into soul life, young soul, medium age soul, old soul, senior soul. <laughs> <laughs> so we can yes, get really complex. Soul. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe where I am, I guess. <laughs> um, but I think um, the important thing to remember is when we look at our past lives, if we're interested, we can look at what the influences are. And your work, I believe, and it might even be in your book, Blast from the Past, uh, helps us realize why we're here. And do you get into the purpose of the of the life uh, at a certain time during your therapy and say, it looks like you have a inclination of this, or you're really great with people. Maybe that's why you're a teacher or uh, talk a little bit about how you work with someone's lives. Yeah, um, it's a great point. We go into the past. Let's say we've seen whatever it is they need to see. We are going to heal. We're going to move on. And I think you're right. There could be, you know, thousands of different lives we've had. Normally during a session, people might access three to five lives is pretty, pretty standard. So usually um, the lives that anyone, let's say we do have thousands of lives. So there's plenty of things to choose from, but the ones that are going to present themselves in a session would be the ones that are related to the issue that the person came in to take a look at. Or um, my goal is, of course, that everything that's coming up, that's being presented mm-hmm is always for the highest good of that person at that particular moment. So they usually, yes, they might have a theme and maybe the person doesn't notice that they just went to three past lives where they were a teacher or something like that. So, you know, I can always point that out to them, but one of the things I try to do is not point much out to them because I want them to discover this themselves. So they Mm -hmm. then go into a space where I'll have them talk to their guide or their angel or whoever's with them. You know, what is your soul purpose? What do you think you've been doing over many lifetimes, which of course, yes, I can point out to them. But like I said, I try to, I want it to be a journey for them. That's their own self-discovery because I think that's very empowering. And so then a lot of times they go, oh, wow, you know what? I've been doing these same things. Or I'll say, what lessons did you learn in that life in the middle ages? (laughs) Or whatever. Gutted with the axe. Yeah. And then what else did you learn? Yes. Yes. I ran around with my axe. I'm doing the same thing in this life, only metaphorically, you know, or whatever. axing people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's why Um, I'm a manager. There's so many cool things in your book, Blast from the Past. Um, One of the things is you redefine the ways that you pick up data from the past and you call it, I'm I'm probably going to butcher this, but I think you made this up. Super trophy? Yes. I call it supretrovy. So, so retrovy. Say it again. Supretrovy. I call it like soup retrovy. Soup retrovy. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. I wrote it. I don't know. Apparently, it's cool. I said it. You kind of like, it's kind of like a fun word. You know, you made up this word, 
but it covers a lot. Retro, past. Yeah, super, and like super, like supernatural. supernatural. And B means life. So yeah, we're talking yeah. about something. I want I guess I was really guided to name this phenomenon something so that we yeah. have a framework through which we can even discuss it because it isn't exactly like all the other things that people have pointed out in the past. Yeah. And I love it because you have geographically inclined uh, uh, issues coming up from travel. Uh, uh, I love the artifacts one. People don't talk enough about artifacts because you can, there's a term for picking up an object from the past and getting a sense of it. There's a word for that. It's like uh, I can't think of it right now, but uh, so that's another one. Gemstones. Talk a little bit about this uh, super trophy, super retro trophy, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. call it whatever you want. Um, <laughs> yes. For me, of course, it originally came in when I was traveling. So mm-hmm. I had put a short book series out around 2014 about the Key West trip and some other weird trips to like Egypt and other places where I had very strange experiences. And then when in Blast from the Past, I'm kind of expanding my thinking on that. Mm-hmm. Um, artifacts and antiques, we cannot stress enough that when you, you know, all items have energetic aspects to them. So memories and things get stuck in the energetic fields, not only of our own selves, but of objects as well. And when you touch them, yes, you can pick up impressions on them. And in some cases, that can actually trigger past life memories to come up that way. Uh, maybe that could, and again, I, I want to make you know, sure listeners and viewers know we don't really even have to leave our home for this to happen. Everybody has an antique store in your town. And so a lot of people that I've encountered, they, they saw an antique that was reminiscent of something that they owned in the past and that can mm-hmm. trigger it, you know, or you can even watch a show on the discovery channel and see these things happening. Then the other thing in the earlier part of my career, I had written a lot of books about the healing properties of stones. And I wrote a couple books for the Edgar Casey Foundation about the stones that the psychic Edgar Casey was prescribing to people. As you mentioned at the top of the show that, you know, he was prescribing all kinds of things to people, one of which would be to place different stones on or to wear this necklace, because these things are going to help you energetically heal from some stuff that you're carrying (laughs) through from your past lives. And so, you know, when I was writing a lot of gem healing books, there's different frequencies, like almost like a radio station. Like if you like jazz and I want to listen to classical, the the stones have different frequencies. There's that. But we cannot ignore the fact that um, a crystal from Arkansas, for example, has a totally different energetic frequency than one from Brazil. And so I really have come to believe over the course of many years in the gem and stone business and watching people and talking to them that I've seen people pick up stones you know, ball their heads off or go, ouch, that's burning me. And, you know, everything in between. And so you have to acknowledge that one of the ways we could tune into our past lives, we don't have to get on the airplane. We're tuning into it from the land that it comes from. And if there's some prickly or, you know, I've, I've seen people go, oh, I love you. You know, they're falling in love with the stone. I mean, that's coming from something deeper than just the stone. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, I love it. Um. Talk a little bit about some of the symptoms you have, people have when they go to a place or they have uh, uh, a sensation from holding an, an artifact. I mean, you you get into a few here. 
dizziness, nausea, others. Talk a little bit about that, why we should be keen on those symptoms as a trigger from a past life. Yeah, um, people have all kinds of, you know, weird things happen, dizziness, nausea. Um, some people actually have auditory, they can hear the bombs blowing off. Or I, wow. I talked to a woman yesterday who said she could hear the people laughing and taking care of children near a river. And, you know, because every time I, I talk to people about this, I hear more and more stories about it. Um, I had an incident on a trip to Russia that I guess I'll share real quick because it's so weird. But I, again, I was cruising again because I have an obsession with cruising from my past <laughs> lives. I do a lot of it. You must so have been a I really was, hearty deckhand at some uh, Yes, some yes, point. I'm really good. Uh, swabbing the deck <laughs> and walking the plank, apparently. <laughs> Not so good at that, I guess. Yeah. Um, in this case, I went on a, a Russian river cruise from St. Petersburg to Moscow several years ago. And this was way, this is like back in 2006. So it was way before I had written about supretrovy, but in my journal, which I found when I was putting together blast from the past, I did see a note where I had, that's the first time I actually wrote a note to myself asking the question, is the soul going back to familiar places? Because so many places along that river felt very familiar. I was starting to have these movies run in my mind. I had no frame of reference about what to call them. And then it really culminated when we went to Moscow and we were going to tour this place called the Kremlin Armory Museum, which is filled with weapons and stuff, stuff I'm sure guys love. But I love those kind of places. I'm, not, I'm listening to you going, what the hell is she doing there? Let's yeah, it's part of the tour. I, I could have done without it, um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. So you're but... looking at these big axes and knives and going, oh, my God, I got my head cut off. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another, probably a few other lives, I'm sure. But I'm going, okay, here's a cannonball. You know, I could really care less. But in the basement of this building, there's a big carriage house where they have all these carriages from the Russian Federation. And this is when I started having the symptoms. I came down the stairs, I turned to my right, and I started just, I was dizzy. I had to grab the rail. And then something was telling me, get closer to this carriage. And it had a little placard on it saying that it was a gift to the czar from James I of England. Hmm. And I got really, really close to it. And I really felt that I had been around this thing before in a past life. And so the cases that I have of other people, it's the same. They get dizzy. They feel strange. And maybe it doesn't last very long. Sometimes they have a visual movie where like the modern surroundings, the buildings or whatever they're looking at will completely vanish. Wow. And they'll be replaced by the way things hmm. looked, you know, maybe hundreds or thousands of years ago. It could just be for a second. Um, someone I talked to yesterday said it lasted maybe a couple of minutes and then it goes away and you come back and go, whoa, what just happened? You know, very yeah. strange. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I w was visiting, uh, Maya land, which is Chichen Itza in Yucatan, Mexico. This is like 1996. And I had been invited there by uh, a guest at a conference, a Mayan elder. And when I walked into the central, area where the pyramid was, I was overwhelmed by emotion. I mean, I had to stop and I could not, I, I mean, I could move, but I was, I was just so filled with emotion. Like there was so much that had happened there uh, that at that point there, it forever changed my life. I ended up going every year for the next 24 years, <laughs> once or twice every two, uh, every year or so. But um, I didn't feel ill. I just was like shocked. It, it, it was like I was coming home. 
Do you ever have people, do you have any case studies of people feel like they're, I'm home again? You know, it could be a different country from where they're at. Obviously, I was at a different place. But yeah, I mean, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, and then you wanted to go back there again and reconnect because you probably were home. I mean, that is so wild. Is. That happened to me in Japan um, at a Buddhist temple. I cried and stuff, and I was kind of overcome in a good way. In that the, the way you've described about your um, Jitsunitsa. Is it a Carth? Is it a, is it carthetic or, or carthetic? Is it uh, releasing uh, like a um, uh, an experience when you go back? Uh, is, does it is that a healing to be in that place again? Uh, I think it is. I think it is. Is it? I mean, carthetic, carthetic, carthetic. I can't even talk. Yeah, carthetic. Yeah, carthetic, I think. Yeah. That, I don't know. I don't know if that's a word, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Like some yeah. kind of a kind of an emotional release. It's a release. Healing. It's I think like, it's a healing. Yeah. I've, I've always wondered, because I mean, I go down there all the time now. We do tours down there. so it, It's really a fascinating place. Okay. I want to get into some case studies that your book's filled with, which is really important for our listeners. Can you um, give us an example of somebody who took a tr- either a tour with you or was uh, in therapy with you and had been to another country and had a, an experience. Yeah. The one in the book um, in blast that I thought was so interesting. There was a, you know, sometimes people have like lung cancer, but they're non-smokers and that's just always really strange. And so this man had developed lung cancer and the, the case studies in blast from the past, sometimes people are coming for a variety of reasons. And so maybe this is one piece of a lot of different, um, lives that they're going to experience. But that was obviously one of the main things he wanted to take a look at is, is there something from the past that needs to be cleared? He ended up talking about um, how much he loved Amsterdam and he regressed back to two different lives that he had had. Uh, One was more recent and then one was like further back in the 1700s where he lived in Amsterdam. He had in this life, he had a very healthy lifestyle, but there he, you know, he liked to smoke and that was just part of the culture And so he came to the conclusion that somehow he energetically just brought that vibration through. And so we did a healing on it. And again, um, you know, you mentioned allopathic medicine at the beginning of the show. There is a place for it. You know, sometimes we. Oh, there really is. They're excellent at trauma. Yeah. Yes. And yet, you know, if we can come to the spiritual and emotional things behind some of these things, then that can be helpful. So last I had heard from him, you know, he was doing well. So because, well, luckily we're, we're advancing in these things, but it was very interesting for him to realize that, oh my gosh, you know, he was just felt like he was bringing it straight through. Yeah. I mean, this is where the the real beauty of this book of yours is, is that uh, we don't have to suffer through therapy for years and and then oh there it is the little inkling of a past life now with your techniques you can actually begin resolving problems give us an example of somebody that you met and were working with that had an issue that was resolved when you found out that oh wait a minute this lifetime is bleeding through you and this is why you're having pain or whatever give us some examples i think that's really important to talk about yeah, I had a, um, this is a, not from this book, but one of my favorite stories, a friend, this is about an artifact museum things and why, again, I want to stress, we don't need to be traveling around the world or going anywhere to have this happen. <laughs> so a friend of mine many years ago, um, you know, these exhibitions come to your town. So King Tut was rolling through town 
and him and his friends went to see this and he had had, he has a lot of health challenges in this lifetime, a lot, and periodically had some panic attack kind of issues. And so when he went before these artifacts at the exhibition, as they rolled through town, he started having a total and complete panic attack and couldn't breathe. His friends had to carry him out of the museum and he had remembered, he felt like he was being, um, having sand collapsing on him. And so while I was, this is back in the days when I was first reaching out to people I knew and saying, you know, has any of this weird stuff ever happened to you? And he was telling me this story and I was like, my gosh, you know, with all the things going on with you, let's do a session. Let's see what's going to happen. And so we took him on a session and he saw himself as one of the builders of one of the tombs in the Valley of the Kings long ago. And, you know, the ancient Egyptians, as you know, that's what they're into. Okay. The afterlife, that's your job. Your job in your life is to work on the afterlife. Right. And so he truly felt that it was his duty to build this monument to the Pharaoh to, you know, get this accomplished. And he said that at a soul level, when that sand fell and, you know, collapsed and he died there, it left him with this, not only this kind of holographic panicky kind of situation, but just this kind of guilty, weirdy, weirdy. Is that a new word? I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. But, you know, a very <laughs> strange strange and unresolved feeling that again was so deeply embedded in the psyche that he didn't even know it was happening. So we did a whole healing around that. And he contacted, you know, he's a very good friend of mine, but he contacted me, just said, I I cannot, I, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I'm feeling so much better. And so that's what we're finding is that, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's not right in our face every day. Something's bringing it up, but once it comes into your awareness and it doesn't have to be some tragic, I'm having a panic attack at the museum thing. It could be anything. It could be, oh, I love you. I love you. Or, oh, I want to run kicking and screaming down the block. You know, the highs and the lows, that's what we're looking for. And when we can bring more awareness to that, it can be really helpful for bringing more peace into our daily lives. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. 
Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I think visionaries like you need to get uh, more of a uh, platform on a larger audience. I, I keep thinking of past life integration where we sit down and with your survey, similar to your survey, we get a sense of what our strengths and weaknesses are, where our phobias are, and then drill into those lives that are really coming forward in the current incarnation and go, okay, I need to work more on writing because I was a writer in so many lifetimes and I really love to write, but you know, I'm doing this, uh, cashier work at Lucky's or the local store. I, mean, I hate my life. You know, I mean, yeah. do people do that kind of integration work? And is that something that you would consider as a, a future forward looking way to really have a successful life? I think that every, you know, everyone has gifts and talents and every one of us expresses our humanity differently. And we're, and I really do believe, yes, you're right. We're bringing a lot of this through from the past life. And I think at a soul level, then when we find ourselves doing different occupations and things that are really not making our soul sing, I think it is, um, it is very hard on people, you know? (laughs) And so that is one of the things that, yeah, definitely comes up in past life regressions and in all my books, Cliff, you know, I give people these processes so, you know, they can do these things themselves. You could literally just get an app on your phone, read these things and go through these things because I want this information to be accessible to everyone. At the end of the day, in regards to what, to your point about what you were making, like, like, is the person going to leave their job as a cashier and now go write that book? You know, there's a lot of complexity to the human condition. So if mm-hmm. the person can, I don't know, overcome the little voices in their head, let's say, that are telling them they can't do things, you know, and I do everything in my power to encourage people to follow their passion, follow their life's oh, very good. bliss. Yeah. Do we need to quit our day job today? Okay, maybe we don't. But can we at least start moving in that direction of doing the things that we really want to do? Yeah. And I wish that more people would do that and could do that. I see so many people who are miserable and they're, you know, they appear to be okay. They're making a good living and so forth and so on. They're in the relationship. 
they like and uh, they're in a nice place and everything. But there's like a calling from their soul. They're they're like, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't how I want to live. How do I move beyond this? And, you know, maybe surveys like you're doing, you know, or these apps or something. I don't know. Do you have an app that that works on that level yeah, yet? I should have an app. Oh, okay. Here it is. <laughs> All right. So you can she- tell me what percentage of royalties you'd like. She- Shelly 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 Care is going to come up with a new app that uh, you can download on your phone that will give yeah. you the guidance that you need for your future self. No, I'm just thinking that that um that uh, uh, and it's coming up now. I don't even want to bring this up, but I, yeah, it's, it's so weird that we so many people suffer. I know, you know, and, and they're doing what their parents wanted them to do. They're doing what society wanted them to do, and they hate them. They hate they hate what they're doing. And if they could just tap in to why why did you why are you here now? I mean, it's weird to say, but why did you incarnate? Why why did you come back? And there's reasons. It's so. I know this for a, a fact that it's really a challenge. It's very difficult to incarnate physically, and we don't get it. I mean, I had a miserable childhood. My parents love them dearly. They didn't know what the hell they were doing, and they had a big family. So I had to raise myself. Well, I, if I go back to my soul and go, well, Cliff, this was in your script. You were going to be doing this, and it's like that's wonderful. But how do I? How do I become happy? I know. Uh, how do I finish my life as a happy person? Well, <laughs> if you had like steps or something, which is what you're doing, you would be able to to see that this is what was meant to be. That's not necessarily an excuse because you could be miserable for ninety percent of your life, and all of a sudden it's like this is where you were supposed to be. But let's make the last ten percent. And that's another thing. You wake up at certain parts of your life. You know what I mean? Wake up. You you realize that you need to look at your past life. You need to get some therapy, so forth and so on. So I'm kind of philosophizing here. So sorry about that. This is really a good point. I I'm working. I've got this technique that isn't, it isn't out yet, but it's going to be. Okay, Shelly, tell me about it. I'm going to write this down. Come on. I can't tell you yet, but you're, you're (laughs) making me know that that would be an app because my goal in life, I have got to help people to help themselves. You've you done, know, you've been doing I'm only yeah. one person. I want to give people things that have actually helped me. And to your point about like, are we mm-hmm. going to get out of behind the cash register and go do something we want? I think there's a lot of self-talk. There's a lot of like, well, I can't do that because I need the money and or blah, 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 blah. All these litany of reasons why people are in the situations they're in that all have to start being unraveled in or if we can't get out of that, like I said, I'm trying to tell people, well, you could do this and that. You know, carve an hour a week out and see if you can turn that into two to move into the areas that would make people happier. Um, I think that's, it's something that I hope more people will do. Yeah. I can tell you. And the answers, you know, for everybody, they're within all of us. We already have the answers. We are just kind of bombarded by three-dimensional reality that we're having out here. It's very distracting. And so um, I do have some things that are, that are blast from the past and all the exercises in there of tuning into objects, deciding if, you know, yeah. I talk a little bit about I know that. them before. Talk about, yeah. talk about, let's go back to, um, uh, holding on to an artifact and getting a response. Talk about, give us a case study and then give us the, um, 
perhaps therapy that was suggested to somebody? Yeah. So um, there is a cool story in the book Blast about this um, lady. She was kind of a an eccentric antique dealer. And, you know, when you work in any kind of environment like that, it would be really tempting to go, oh, I love this. I love that. I love that. You know, I want to buy everything. But she was telling me, well, I've, I've become very disciplined. I try not to buy everything that comes across the desk. But there was this ring that she just saw it and went, oh, you know, she fell in love with it, had to buy it. And so during a longer session, she was just curious about why was she so interested in this ring? And she ended up going back to her life in Hungary. It was kind of one of those um, scenarios where she was um, in a middle-class family trying to go to the dance to make a proper match for her future and things like that. And she connected with the past, the souls of her mother and grandmother who she had known before, who Mm. were, they were all back together again in this lifetime. And so it just really helped her to kind of understand and appreciate that she chose this family for a reason and, and she felt very supported and things like that. I like those stories where she, you have a a piece of jewelry and it has a history and there's a collective that's part of that history. And that's what you just uh, talked about. I love that. Talk, give us an example of, and this is where I, I find quite interesting when you meet somebody that triggers a past life, you kind of led to that. Uh, can you have, do you have any case studies where somebody perhaps was traveling or they were down the street and they met somebody and went, Oh my God, I don't know who that person is, but I know them. <laughs> yes, I mean, we I all think, have that. We all have that. Yeah. Haven't we all had that? Yeah. We've either said, Oh wow, this person's wonderful or, Oh my gosh, let me stay away. And we don't, they haven't even opened their mouths yet. I mean, I think this happens all the time. The case that I really love from the book was about this young guy who went to, you know, when people, when you're in your twenties, you know, you're always showing up at a wedding. And so he was always single. There was a cute bridesmaid. He noticed her, but the minute he looked at her, he had this really horrible feeling, even though she was cute. Oh God! His friends are trying to set them up. And he's like, no, I will not go out with this girl. And they were like, why, why she's single. You guys would be perfect together. And so he had a past life regression. And what's interesting about regression cliff is that sometimes the, the thing that's going on in our mind, it doesn't come out that way in hypnosis. So he realized in the regression that this woman and him had been together in a couple of different lives. They were very happy and they were in love. And in one of the lives, she died. And so he had kind of actually, because of her, he said that that's part of the reason why he would never settle down. And so that last I heard, they went out on a date, you know, hopefully they got married and lived happily. ever after. <laughs> but, but I um, think a lot of people get together like that. There's an attraction. It may not be physical or emotional. It's just like, I got to know that person. Who are yes. they? You know, and then all of a sudden click. Yes. Yes. Love the only thing sight. is, the, go ahead. Hate it. First sight. Love it. First sight. Yeah. You know? But you have to wonder, too, and this is a side note, if during their relationship, say they even go to as far as getting married, they live together for seven, eight years or all of a sudden, and then, and then whatever karma or whatever, whatever you want to call it wears off and it's like, I don't like that person anymore. <laughs> and that's the whole marriage thing, you know, seven year itch or whatever you want to call it. You know, you're with somebody and it's like, I don't want to be around them anymore. What am I, you know, so maybe the, maybe the time in the past you needed to resolve something in the present and now it's over and you're looking for the next opportunity <laughs> yeah it's kind of cruel though because boy 
What do you say to that? Um, I say that someone mentioned to me, I don't know where I heard this, if it was a saying from a famous person, but I heard someone say that all relationships are going to end either in death, divorce, drifting apart. So that, you know, I think a lot of suffering goes into when relationships don't work out, but there's, you know, there's another feeling that we, we do come together with familiar people because we're working out, we're learning lessons, we're maybe healing this karma. And then when the lessons learned, then I think that is what kind of tapers the energy off. And then you just know it's time, you know, to go on. And so I think a lot of people really are suffering over relationship failures and things and, so, you know, as I have done in the past myself, I, yeah, I, mean, I found that kind of comforting. I was like, yeah, okay. You just have to, at the end of the day, just bless it and just say, well, it is what it is and just bless people and release them. It's tough though, because we're human and the, the church says, no, you don't leave. You know, your parents, you got society saying, you're married, you stick with it till the end. It's like, oh, I can't do it anymore. So it's a, it's, it's a very big challenge. Hey, I want to ask you, we're going to get into some uh, techniques in your book before we're getting down to our time here. But what do you tell somebody who says, this is me. I don't feel like I'm from this planet, uh, Shelley. I don't feel like I am from here. I have always looked at things differently. I've always uh, perceived and had a different sense of things. And I've always been kind of a loner because I don't feel like I fit in. What do you tell people like that? Um, it's a feeling I certainly have had myself. Um, and I definitely hear a lot of it. I, I say, great. You know, we were probably all on another planet together. I do believe in that. And, and I think that sometimes in regression, you know, I'm trying to get people to go back to the earliest point that they can. And I do have many people who, have experienced lives on other planets, or they are just like a floating ball in the universe and things like that. And I think that, I don't know, I've even had that feeling. Like I I think to myself, there's just some stuff that we do here that, you know, isn't how I would like to do it, or it doesn't feel like it's how we used to do things somewhere else. It's so funny because when you say that, I'm like, you know, if we have, if the soul's purpose is to incarnate and experience as much as possible, why not have other lifetimes on other planetary systems? Why not incarnate into a non-human entity that has an experience and you're just living, you know, you come back and here's our current life uh, and you're just experiencing that. I mean, what's wrong with having those? I guess I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So, I mean, that should be enough said. I mean, we just grew up knowing that there's aliens out there. So it was kind of the norm for me, kind of like a lot of the other interestingly weird beliefs that I had growing up. And when I look at the night sky, I look up there and think there's no way that we could be the only party that's going on in this universe. So I think it would be natural that if the soul is, you know, the soul is like matter, it changes form, but it never dies. So it surely would be going all over the place and coming back here. I think that the lives that we've lived on this planet would be the easiest ones for, um, you know, clients or readers to tap into for the most part, because it's more familiar territory. But there are plenty of people who definitely have experienced themselves in other life forms, in ships, on other planets, et cetera, because it's probably happened. I mean, that's that's always been my belief. Yeah, that's wonderful. You have to be open. I mean, because somebody comes to your office and says, I keep feeling like 
I need to get back to Mars. I don't know why. <laughs> I say, uh, Elon Musk is right down the road. So. Yeah, Elon, Elon, you can join Elon in one of his yeah, uh, one million with... dollar cruise uh, space flights. <laughs> yeah, we do them all the time in Texas, so it's no problem. <laughs> That's right. Elon moved to Texas. That's right. Yeah, Elon, Jeff Bezos are all here. We're all we're flying to space. Texas is happening. Um, okay, let's talk about some techniques for uh, accessing past lives. Why don't you give us a couple from the book? Beyond just past life regression, which there are 10 different versions of past life regressions in this book that readers and listeners can try. But beyond that, we mentioned psychic sensing. So I talk to people about whether it's just a plain object in your house or whether it's an antique or whether we want to use our imagination or remember something that we saw in a museum. I show you how to go to that object, trace its source event back to its origin points, and then go back and see how was I connected to this or why was this resonating for me? And then if needed, we cut cords with it. We send it healing and we kind of release ourselves energetically from any past influences that those things may have had. Um, gemstones the same way. We we can hold stones and we can kind of travel into the space where we may have interacted with them in another time and start to kind of tune in. And then that's when you might go to different parts of the world, depending on where those stones are from. And you're kind of just using your, I'm showing you how to kind of use your intuition to go into those spaces by either having pictures, thoughts, or feelings and tuning in at that level. Talk about cutting the psychic cord. What does that mean? And how do we visualize that? It's so helpful to cut cords. Um, It's something I've been doing for years. It's really a realm of our imagination, which is where all healing begins. We can imagine that there's an energetic cord coming out of our stomach solar plexus area and that that cord is connecting us with anything, whether it be a person at work, whether it's an object, whether it's just um, an emotion. Let's say we imagine there's an emotion over there I don't want to be connected to anymore. And then I just imagine a pair of golden scissors cutting the cord. And we use the realm of the imagination then to bring healing light through the body, replacing the energy that we released, healing that object or that person or whatever that is. And again, it all feels very imaginative and very almost silly, but it is so relaxing and it really does. It's really real because thoughts are things and we can't see them, but they are occupying physical space. And so if we treat it like that, then it brings um, an energetic relief to the body and even on a more mental level, you can just feel like, okay, well, I'm not connected to that anymore. And it feels is there, better. Is there a sense of, um, I guess, relief or a sense of a greater clarity when you've cut the cords and this problem or issue is uh, lessened? Or do you have to keep going back and do three or four times cut, cut, cut? What What's your sense of that in terms of uh, process? Usually, yeah, it, it can be very um, energetically. It just can feel like, oh, wow, I feel like a weight was on my shoulder. It isn't there anymore. And that can be very transformational. One thing I was always telling people um, that when you're in a relationship with someone, it's a nice idea to cut the cords with them often because energetically, then they'll want to come reconnect with you. And then what we're saying when we cut the cord in a relationship is, you know what? Yesterday happened. Let's not worry about it. We're just going to bless it and just move on. And today's a new day and we're going to move forward together. And so it's like you're consciously 
healing the part. It's called like healing the part of you that someone else. Okay. And you're just kind of sending them a little blessing and it tends to um, really help in relationships. So you're, you're actually talking about a couple who's happy to be together, but they may yeah, have had even a, happy. a disagreement. And rather than carrying the disagreement or the anger or the whatever, you, you kind of mutually connect and go, look, I didn't mean for it to sound like this or whatever. And I want to just apologize. And then in your mind, you psychically cut the cord or talk a little bit about how you would resolve it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's the idea with some people that if they're in a relationship, they want to stay together. They they would never cut the cord, but yet it's actually so powerful to do so because you're just, whether there was an argument yesterday or not, you're just blessing them, sending them on their way to have a wonderful day. And then they're going to come and reconnect with you. And it's going to be kind of a higher nature. Um, If you did have an argument, yes, ideally, maybe couples would talk to each other, but even if they can't, or even if it's not time for that conversation to take place, you can go into your mind into the theater that's inside the imagination and just imagine that you're apologizing or you're receiving the apology that you really wanted to hear or whatever it is. And then you start to um, interact with that person energetically at a different level. Like you're not, because we're all kind of projecting our inner stuff onto each other. So when we can just see them as neutral or see them as the soul that they really are, rather than the behaviors that may or may not be going on here. I mean, at the end of the day, eventually, if bad behaviors are happening, obviously that's another whole issue, but if it's just minor things, it can really help to smooth things out Mm. on an energetic level. Why don't we do more vibrational work, Shelly? Why, why, I mean, it's so ignored, these subtle energies, these chakras that hold energy, why isn't this recognized more? Um, I think it gets back to your point at the beginning of the show about allopathic. <laughs> you mean the allopaths, the allopaths rule the world? Yes, they still want to rule the world. I think we're starting to understand, though, that, that you know, that's, again, it has a place, but there's a lot more to it than that. And I think that as we move on, you know, during this um, pandemic, as we've all been isolated, I had oh, COVID, yeah. you know, back about oh. a year ago, October, and this is basically told to, by the doctor, don't come in, we don't want to see you, you know. So I think we're going to have to start looking at new ways to help ourselves in some sense. And so maybe I think that's probably one of the things that might help open the door to using some of these other techniques and realizing just how powerful we can be in the mind. The book's called Blast from the Past. My guess has been Shelly Care, and I think you open my eyes to some new techniques. And those of you listening, I really suggest that you get this book. And by the way, we need to uh, congratulate uh, Shelly because the book's just arriving this month. So I think you can get it at uh, you can get it at Amazon now, can't you? Yes, absolutely. You can get it there or your, or your uh, local bookstore. Okay, I want to ask you a couple more questions here, Shelly. I want you to give us another uh, technique from your book for tapping into past lives and perhaps seeking to either dial it up create creatively, uh, understanding or whatever, and processing. Talk a little bit about a technique where you can really gain more data on a subject or a situation. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole section when well, we do the past life regression section, and then we do more of supertrophy section of healing. So I have you go back into spaces where you feel like 
you were, again, minding your own business, and now you've had some kind of feeling. So I'm doing a lot of work to help you get into your feelings. Like, how am I feeling today in this area or in this new place with this new person that I just met or around this gemstone? And then just, um, again, tra- using the mind to travel into those spaces recognizing that. And then we'll do a lot of work on raising the vibrational frequencies around these different energies by imagining there's more light in the body. We're getting lighter and lighter and lighter. We're getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And we're starting to just kind of lift our energetic field up. And as we raise that energetic vibrational field, then these other energies again, fall away or our own field expands. And then we just feel like we've had a healing. We've had a transformation from something that maybe was causing a little bit of dis-ease within the body. Cool. Why should be should we be working with past lives? Why is it important? Why I mean it's like someone might be thinking I don't care about my past lives. Why is it important to identify obviously you can't identify a thousand, 10,000 whatever it is, we don't know. But why is it important to connect? I think that if someone is not interested in doing it, then it's probably not the right time for them. But the people who seek this out are typically those who have knocked on a lot of other doors first. Nothing's quite getting them the answers that they need. And so all I'm attempting to do in this book is point out the fact that sometimes it could be some stuff from your past life. And so I think each person comes to it when they're ready and maybe when it's the last resort and then <laughs> the last thing you do, <laughs> yes, they finally go, Oh, and then they go, Whoa, you know, when you're ready, it'll happen. If, if you're open to it. Do you have clients that come in that are like on their last legs? I, I've tried everything of drugs and therapy and, and then they come to you. I mean, Oh, almost, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do they, do they resolve their issues pretty quick? Cause it's like the last straw kind of thing. They do. You know, a lot of people, um, there's a lot of really amazing people. They, they really are forward thinking and moving, you know, to co-create their reality by looking in all these different places, looking and looking and looking. And so, um, it is really very amazing when they are able to finally use this process, these kinds of processes to put the final piece into the puzzle. But, you know, even if it takes us a long time to resolve certain things, I still think everything's happening for a reason. We go on these journeys, we go knock on these various doors and, you know, we're always learning something with everything. So yeah, it happens in its divine time, I think. And it's very interesting. I really, I don't know if you were joking or not, but I would love to see you develop an app. I mean, I would love, cause you could do like an app and then it's like Shelly's voice, you are healed. oh oh if only i could wave the magical wand and make it all go away i know it's a big process yeah but there there's 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 software kits now that can help you build apps so they're pretty they're not as crazy as you think we'll talk offline yeah we need to talk about that um not my interest cliff (laughs) tell people how they can get a hold of you what's your website my website is pastlifelady.com I love that. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Kelly has a really great podcast, Past Life Lady. She just interviewed, well, I don't know how long ago it was, with, uh, she interviewed Linda Moulton Howe. And if you, you, you got to check out this uh, interview because uh, Linda just kind of opens up completely, which is great to see. Uh, 
long. It's about an hour and a half. So check that out. Um, what are you, uh, what's your schedule for uh, upcoming events or travel or whatever? People can check more about you. Is it on your website? It's on my website. There's an events link. I Starting in the new year, I will have a lot of new things. I wrote a book about um, a process called genealogical regression, where we heal our ancestors. So I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff with the Shift Network oh my God. Um, and ancestral healing. Some It's far out work too. Wow. Ancestral. That's new. Yeah. That's been, and then I, I'm going to be doing a long workshop for the shift network. Nobody knows that yet. Starting in March. Great. Shift's great. They're, they're all over the place. So they need to go to shift. uh, Is it shift.net? I can't remember what it is. Shift.net. It'll be on my website. And if people check out my podcast, I'll be, I'll be advertising it. And then I've got several other, I teach some energy healing classes. I developed um, more with the Edgar Casey foundation. I've got some classes with them. So lots and lots of stuff next year. Excellent. All right. Blast from the past. Shelly, Carrie, it's been a pleasure. It's been a joy, Cliff. I wish you so much success and happiness. And it was great to meet you. You too. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. I had to check again on Amazon. The book doesn't come out for another week, but you can order it and you can get it. I mean, the Kindle's out right now, but you can order it now and it should be uh, sent to you uh, via Amazon like in a week or so. You can, I mean, you pre-order basically or try to find it in your local bookstore. So Blast from the Past. And her name is Shelly care k-a-e-h-r that's her name doctor she's a a clinical psychologist okay well there you go Uh, another tool in your arsenal of um psychological physical spiritual i don't want to say weapons but tools here you go tools for transformation (laughs) which is really what it's all about here on on uh, destiny I love that stuff. You know, I don't practice that. You know, it's like uh, I try to avoid crises as much as possible. But, you know, physical health issues, if you're in pain or you're dealing with a chronic or uh, serious illness, you want every available tools, uh, a tool that you can get your hands on, especially 
the subtle energy tools or the tools that are not invasive, like uh, powerful drugs, uh, radiation or surgery. I mean, there is repercussions for these these types of uh, interventions, you know, and you want to, if you ever go in, I mean, I've had, I've had surgeries before, minor surgeries and, and, you know, you, you want to go into them with as much positivity as possible. Uh, so you come out and you're, you know, you, you've been handled, your issues have been taken care of. But if you have a chronic illness and you're dealing with uh, multiple surgeries, you want to avoid that if you can. You got to have them occasionally, but you want to you want to do the holistic treatments that will help your body heal as quickly as uh, as possible. So this is another technique, you know, uh, to check out past lives. So I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, I got to remind you, uh, next week we have a great show. It's our final Destiny program for 2021 on creating vision boards, and we have. An authority. She was featured in the series, TV series, The Secret. And uh, I'm not going to give you much more than that, but this is something that you should definitely tune in to because when you create a vision board, which can be a piece of paper with stuff on it, uh, writing, pictures, so forth and so on, uh, you set in motion, you program your brain for success for upcoming events. But in our case, we are going to talk about creating vision boards for 2022. And you know what? All of us deserve a break. All of us deserve a, a pleasant year, a, benef- a, a, a positive year, a productive year, and where possible, a successful year, be it relationships, be it business, be it home life, be it self-satisfaction. Those are all things that we need to be aware of. And so next week... Last show of the year, uh, December 29th, how to create a vision board and why they're important. I think you're going to be fascinated by it, so definitely check it out. All right, uh, I want to thank my guest today, Shelly Kerr, and as always, the team of Ruth Thomas, Mark Foster, and the editing and uh, production team. You guys rock. Thank you very much. A happy holiday to you. I hope you and yours enjoy the Christmas season and that you have a great time and uh, welcome in the winter. So, all right, take care, be well, and we'll talk to you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.